All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Oh the Horror, a podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the expert Rob Holmes and today Steve Ullman is not with us, he is currently getting himself set up in Los Angeles. Instead, uh, I have a new co-host today, his name is Mike Haston. Hello, I'm Mike Haston, I guess I'm the newcomer. Um... I'm definitely nowhere near the expert that Rob is on horror movies, but I have enjoyed them ever since I was old enough to sneak over to a friend's house and watch Friday the 13th, because the only R-rated movie we were allowed to watch growing up in our own home was Rambo. (laughs) That's pretty great, though. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Rambo taught me how to read, man, but that's a story for (laughs) another time. (laughs) Nice. Um, So, yeah, we uh, this film that we're going to be talking about today is called Masks. It. It's a giallo film, but it's German. Yeah, it's very much German. So it's, uh, you know, giallo. So it's almost the same word, but it's got a fun little accent. It's so, it's such a weird movie, too. This, so, like, this film, uh, when you look at it, it, came, it, it originally came out in 2011 uh, at, at a couple of film festivals, then a few more in 2012. Then it didn't actually come out in the U.S. until 2016, and didn't even get on Amazon Prime until, like, last month, I think. I think, yeah. I believe it said 2019 on Amazon, which prompted you to look up, you know, the whole sordid history of when this movie was actually made. Yeah, um, and this this is a really strange one, too, because um, there's so much time that went between it. It won a bunch of awards when it came out. At festivals, I remember I turned the trailer on. I showed you the trailer for this, too. And at first, the trailer looks bad. Like, it... It looks very, this could be a really terrible movie. Yeah, it, uh, and it's funny, I think I even said it while we were watching the trailer, uh, it starts out very low-budget looking. Um, uh, that kind of grainy, washed-out 70s filter, uh, the woman writhing around with blood on her stomach and stuff. like yeah. All these quick cuts of stuff that look like they were filmed in someone's garage. Or Das yeah, oh, Garage, absolutely. as it were. And it just seemed... So as we're watching the trailer, though, it starts getting better. It actually starts to look like a Giallo film. It looks like the decade it should take place, which, granted, it is a, it's a film that's taking place modern day, but it has history in the 1970s because that's where the backstory is in this. Right, like the first thing you see in the movie, right, uh, is, is yeah. like a ritual kind of uh, occult gathering in the 70s, and it has that washed-out filter. And I think mm-hmm. that was kind of a mistake in the trailer. I, f- I feel like they they cut a lot of footage together from that beginning part, um, yeah. and and it so it, it has that look. And honestly, it makes you, when you watch the trailer, you're like, how much of this movie's going to look like that? And the answer is like two and a half minutes. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's really not... I mean, obviously, it's important to the story of the film, but sure. it's really not a big part of the movie. No, no, it's it's definitely, it, it's moments of the film. Now, for the most part, this movie looks amazing. Like, once you're watching it, that scene that they show you in the beginning, I understand why it looks the way it does, but that should not be the first scene they show you in the trailer because that's the worst the worst quality of everything we see. I, um, yeah, I totally agree. It's, it's a great now, way to start the movie, oh, yeah. but it's a terrible way to do the trailer. <laughs> now, what's, what's cool about this is this is kind of... This is very much like Suspiria, except it takes place in an acting school instead of a dance academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was actually, I was going to say, it's very, like, you know, you already said it's a giallo, um, but it's yeah. very Argento-esque with the, the isolation, uh, the, the school with a dark secret, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, all sorts of stuff. And, and I love that when, 
uh, and we'll talk about how she gets to the school in a second, but I love that when her boyfriend uh, is taking her to the school that mm-hmm. they have to go down these winding roads that are surrounded by these huge hedges and stuff, and it's, you know, they had started in the city or whatever, and so it really gives you the sense that, like, they're going way out to BFE, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And uh, and it's like, okay, if, if you have to run away from this place, you are probably going to be kind of screwed. Oh, definitely, because, I mean, this is one of those movies that um, relies a lot. So so cinematography is a huge factor in this, and it's really good cinematography um, and a lot of symbolism that we get right off the bat as well, uh, because this girl, this girl's an actress. She's not very good. Oh, um, God. Yes, I want to. Get- I definitely want to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we get her. What was what was the thing that she was doing? Was it Antigone? Or uh, was no, it? it's um, it's God. It's it's another Greek tragedy. But she's just butchering it, and and I love Absolutely. it. Like you were talking about the symbolism, and we were talking about it while we watched it. Like I love that uh, in that first scene, the stage lights they show her from behind, and she's got mm-hmm. this white dress on, and you can see like. Uh, basically through it, not like not not to the point of nudity, but you can see the outline of her right. legs and so on and so forth. And I think it's kind of showing how insecure she is because later in the movie, when she's performing the same scene, uh, they show her from the back and from the front, and the dress is not transparent whatsoever. And yeah. I feel like that kind of shows her confidence. But yeah, she's she's doing this uh, she's doing this scene from a Greek tragedy in German, of course, because the movie's mm-hmm. in German. And even not being familiar with the language, you can watch her performance and be like oh my god that's not how you're supposed to do that and i love at the end when there's a line about like you know her love being cleaved in twain like an oak tree or something and she pantomimes swinging a giant axe Uh, oh yeah and everyone all the the film critics and the people she's auditioning for are just rubbing their foreheads and looking down but i loved it i she swung that little invisible axe into my heart (laughs) <laughs> well, I just like the fact that they're just like she didn't. She didn't read the play, right? Uh, yeah, just she just read the scene, not the whole play. Yeah, yeah, and just calling her out on that. But there's this one guy who basically looks like German old man Tilda Swinton, except kind of like the one in the new Suspiria. Except that guy could have actually played that character because he looked like a German. Male version of Tilda Swinton. He absolutely um, did, and we didn't even touch on the fact that our our heroine is fake German Brie Larson. Dude, she is, and and it's like she has this classic nineteen seventies look to her. She has this look that fits in with this movie. So I have to say, really, right off the bat, the casting of this is is extremely on point. Everybody's look, it looks timeless. Like everybody has this kind of timeless look where you're like, does this take place in like the nineties? You see cell phones and stuff. So, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's modern day, but they all have this classic, um, just this, this older look to them where I feel like this movie could be a seventies giallo at any right. time. Yeah. I think, I think you're absolutely right about that. If it weren't for the cell phones and, and so on, then I would have no idea what move, what year this movie was set in. Yeah. Um, but, but I think German, that's part of its appeal, you know? Oh, no, um, it is. And I, it's I mean, a timeless that's what, story, kind of. Exactly. And so we're introduced to Stella. She's our main character, um, our German Brie Larson. Mm-hmm. And Larson. after she, uh, you know, she talks to this guy and he's like, I like what you did. There's this school, you know, you should check them out and their method. Yeah, the now, Gedula method. Yeah, the Gedula. So, so in the 70s, Gedula, he had this acting method um and it was trying to make everybody shine right but it was basically you were causing them to break down all barriers so you're living in emotion 24/7 right it was almost a constant state of emotional emotion. trauma yeah yeah and it would be i mean stuff got violent and eventually it led to apparently students died and then he commits suicide that's the whole basis behind it and they're like what happened it got shut his program got shut down they're like this school still exists but they don't teach his methods, and that wing of the school is is no more. Right. There's um, the the big wrought iron door where it's always locked, and uh, yeah. she even sees. Uh, I forget the the girl that they kind of pair with her's name. Um, oh, Cecile. Cecile, yes, and she yeah. sees her go through this door, and it's immediately locked behind her. And then uh, one of the instructors is like, don't ever go near that door, blah, blah, blah. And she, she asks what's behind it, and she says nothing. It's not even like, oh, it's a closed-off 
wing of the school. It's yeah. just nothing is there, you know? It's just, they do mm-hmm. a really good sense almost of, of conveying, like how you talked about the Gadula method was was putting you through these emotional traumas and things. I think they, they do a great job of bringing the viewer of the film in on the sense of dread that, that Stella is feeling and, and yeah, confusion, absolutely. you know? Yeah, and that's that's one of those things that um, you're you're brought in on that from the beginning, and it's kind of confusing on what's going on. I mean, she's meeting other students; they're giving her shit right off the bat. She, you know, she's not taking shit from them. She'll argue back with them, especially that creepy dude right off, who uh, who introduces himself to her at the school, mm-hmm. um, and is like, "Oh, do I intimidate you?" And she's like, "Uh, no." <laughs> yeah, the guy with the bad teeth. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ew, oof. He looks Pretty kind of like um, the the neighbor's kid, the Klopex, like son, <laughs> the guy from um, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Children of the Corner, whatever. Malachi, Courtney um, Gaines. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, it's immediately <laughs> off-putting. You're like, oh god, why is he here? And then yeah, there's and then the the uh, Spanish-looking girl that hates oh, her. I yeah. think Valerie. Um, yeah, she does not like her at all. Uh, we're introduced to the one girl who's running out of there when she shows up and her boyfriend drops her off. Yep, She's German Allison the Pill. School. Yeah, yeah, German Allison Pill. And what's interesting about that is, you know, you, we're hitting almost the same beats as Suspiria. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're dealing with someone, the lighting is not as crazy and it's happening during the day for this type of stuff, but it works. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's there's a lot of symbolism that they throw back to. I mean, they literally show you flashbacks within seconds of meeting someone to say see how they know each other but for some reason in this in this film they do it a couple of times yeah they they kind of go overboard like you have just seen her like a minute mm -hmm. and a half earlier and then um when she enters the actual school she sees german allison pills picture on the wall and they're like yeah you need a flashback you probably forgot that you just saw this girl and you're like oh my god like don't (laughs) but then at the same time that's kind of giallo that's that's one of those things that does happen in a few of these films Mm -hmm. where plot has never been the biggest thing in a giallo as far as well especially when you're dealing with with um argento like he always said plot got in the way of what he was trying to do especially so in this, this is one of those films where the plot is clear and the plot is actually fully formed. And I have to say, like, everything is explained in this movie for the most part. And right. it, it is, that's why I really enjoy it. I think it's actually one of my favorite giallos, even before we get into some of the heavier stuff in it. I'm just going to preface that this is definitely one of my favorite giallos, even though it's a German giallo and a modern one. Yeah, Which it was seems it, very strange. It was really good, and I was actually going to bring that up at some point. Is is the the one kind of trope of the giallo that it breaks is that they actually explain pretty much everything, or at least yeah. give you enough clues for you to interpret it and explain it to yourself. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, Argento, uh, at a certain point in his films, I feel like, like you just said, he said plot got in the way, so he's. He's got an idea of where it's going, but then he's like, let's just throw more bugs on Jennifer Connelly and, you know, oh, spin yeah. the camera around and turn on that yellow light, damn it. And, uh, yeah. you know, this this movie, even though it has a lot of the, the cool lighting, and I love, there's a couple scenes where it's, it's, there's different colored lights on either side of Stella, and Stella is somehow still naturally lit. Um, yeah. I think they just, they did a hell of a job filming this thing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like it, too, because... I'm not left at the end of the movie like, what the hell did I just watch? It's like, right. okay, that was crazy, but I, I get it. I understand the point it was making and the story it was telling. Well, it felt like a very satisfying conclusion to me. Mm-hmm. Like, everything that we saw by the end of it, uh, I'm like, oh, wow. You guys left just enough to the imagination, but covered it really, really well. Now, um... What we're dealing with in this film, we we have our gloved killer, you know, our black gloved killer, uh, who is using a fencing sword. I was going to say, I don't know whether it's a rapier or an EP or whatever, uh, but yes, he's a big fan of that sword. Oh, yeah, well, and that's because, you know, they have their their fencing for some of the acting stuff that they're doing. You see him doing the lessons in the background at certain points, so you're like, all right, this was something that they did in the school, so for someone to pick a weapon... 
it's a good murder weapon, and it's used a lot. It's used brutally. Film. It's used on a lot and, of and necks. Yeah, <laughs> it's used on a lot of necks, and it's used in a way where one stab doesn't necessarily just kill the person. Right. I think the first person we see get stabbed through the neck manages to crawl to another room before uh, before they Getting put it, it through, through the back of her head. Yeah. Yeah, but then here's the thing. It was such a small hole because it's that it's like the rapier type thing. When she puts the or when the sword is put through this woman, uh, the first time through the neck, like you're expecting her to just die. And most in most of these films, a person would just be dead, right? Mm-hmm. Well, in Jallos, there are usually prolonged death scenes that go on for a while, and this is why it worked really well. They do one through the back of the head, and you're like, well, this person has to be dead now. No. Nope. <laughs> they crawl into frame a little bit before they finally succumb to the wounds and die. But I like that because they get stabbed in the brain, but it's like those those few moments still of the synapses kicking in before, you know, they bleed out or have brain death or anything like that. I thought that was brilliant. Um, and it I, I, the, I agree, and I think... tension. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I, I think... Uh, because it's it's German Allison Pills like friend or whatever who's comforting her after she's gone home, you know, uh, yeah. after running away from the school, and she's been she was the previous student of the Gadula method, you know, because not yeah. everybody at this school is accepted into that program where they use the method, um, yeah, and she and was, there's, there's and that's why she's running too, away, yeah. and mm-hmm. and I think honestly because what we find out about the method and how traumatizing it is i think the fact that she didn't just see her friend killed in front of her or anything she heard the noise and then her friend crawls into the doorway and then dies i I think it it almost went hand in hand with the whole ratcheting up the tension and the stress and the you know so on and so forth uh so yeah i think it was absolutely a brilliant choice for for a way to kill a character Well, and then her death is one of those where, you know, right away you're expecting it to be, okay, well, they're going to come in and stab her a few times. Um, And she's defending herself with a pair of of, uh, scissors. Um, Very, you know, as we talked about, you were like, oh, it's very clock tower, you know, except they're small scissors. Mm -hmm. But um, the way she's holding these things out in this defensive position. But what's strange is it almost seems like whatever the method did, this person is able to either have psychic control or activates the person. Yeah, exactly. They do they do those close ups on his eye and everything, and she mm -hmm. slowly turns the scissors towards herself and that's a brutal shot too. Dude, it's in it's such a it's a very there's something like so macabre yet beautiful about the entire thing because she she takes these the scissors, stabs herself in the neck with them, right? On both sides. And you're like, oh man, that's brutal. And then she cl- like closes she them all the way. Them shut. Yeah. And you see it. You see it cut her windpipe, and you actually see the windpipe. Like, oh, it's just nasty, man. It's really brutal, and it's subtle details in there that you see. Um, of like, oh, it's just so gross. It's such a nasty death. And I think that's honestly the the goriest part of the film. You know, a couple you more people what? get think... stabbed in the neck and everything, but that really yeah. sets the tone for the movie. Uh, because but you don't you don't see anybody else's a... windpipe flapping in the breeze. No, and it's a very. I, I would say this is a pretty violent movie, but it's not the goriest thing ever. Right? Yeah, absolutely not. The gore is. Uh, <clears throat> they they use it right there at the beginning. You know, yeah. and and go yeah. hard with it. But then a lot of the the middle of the movie, the bulk of the movie, uh, is not gory. It's creepy, and there's yeah. the implications that some some nasty stuff is happening here and there. But you don't see it. Certainly not on that level. Um, no, no. And then not it at ratchets all. back up towards the end, uh, mm-hmm. and and gets pretty pretty crazy again. But still, I don't think anything on the level of of German Alison Pill cutting her own windpipe. <laughs> Yeah, it was ridiculous. I mean, that was that that was an insane moment. And then, you know, after that, we're we're kind of with Stella and Cecile is brought in kind of to the picture because she had been away doing classes and now she's joining back up. So now Stella has a scene partner in Cecile. Uh, you know, they do the game where they ask each or they make a statement 
it's the like kind of the statement game you say one thing and then the other person says like yes and and they just kind of go back and forth with that um and pretty much she discovers stella discovers cecile has a secret cecile is scared of something uh and you know that there's more to the gadula method than what anybody is telling them right um and it's stuff that cecile can't really talk about we also see cecile has a mark on her that looks like a, a small cut and then this little circle thing around her too where you're like what the hell are they doing to these people right it's uh like uh the back shoulder and didn't we see that on gap on german allison pill uh when yeah yeah we did as well yeah. so this was exactly and this is one of those things where any of these people who have gone with the gadula method have this on them and they're trying to figure out all right you're, you're seeing it a lot right so that's what makes it that part is interesting in itself but then we start having people coming in and snooping around and trying to figure out more of what's going on like she starts digging into the method itself uh there's a reporter guy who starts coming around because she's like are you a cop and he's like no i'm pretty much i think he was like a reporter just coming in and trying to get a story yes yeah i believe uh you know, I think the impetus for that was the death of of the girl who'd run away, and mm-hmm. and uh, I I know because it, the the school has that history uh, of being shut down in the seventies because of the method going too far and so on and so forth. And so I think when the girl who had attended that school, you know, in the in the modern time, had died so brutally and under mysterious circumstances and so on and so forth. I'm sure, you know, some some reporter trying to make his name uh, would pick yeah. up on that and say, okay, I'm going to go to this school and see what the hell's going on. Yeah, that, was, that didn't go so well for him. No, no, it never does, does it? It did not go well at all for him. Uh, basically, you know, he goes in there and is snooping around trying to get a bunch of information, and they straight up even say to him, like, uh, or he even says out loud, he's like, oh yeah, sorry, I'm leaving now. I know I shouldn't be here. No harm, right? Huh. No. He yes, gets harm. He gets stabbed. <laughs> like, and the, his way of getting stabbed was, it was, that was a cool death for him. Cause it, it took the sword thing and changed it up slightly. Um, he's about to put his cell phone up to his ear and then the sword goes through his ear. Yeah. Uh, and then every time we hit his kind of point of view, we get that ringing, you know? We get that. Uh, yeah, yeah, the tinnitus. Uh, the tinnitus, yeah. and you can partially hear out from the other ear that he can still hear from, but that one ear, you get the tinnitus that's just taking over most of the uh, the, the audio. audio on his part. Yeah, I, I think, thought that was cool. I think this movie just does a great job um, of making you feel what the characters themselves mm-hmm. are feeling. Uh, like yeah. just in the in the statement game that you were talking about a minute ago, yeah, we learn a lot about Cecile, but we also learn a lot about Stella. Because up till then, we, we only know that she's not a great actress, but wants to be one. You know what I mean? Yes. And yeah. um, during the statement game, they're saying, it starts off innocuously enough, but then they're saying things like, I hate myself, and or I feel like I'm letting myself down, and, and blah, blah, blah. And your scene partner has to repeat it. And so Cecile is saying these kind of depressing-ass things. And Stella is then just going along with the game and repeating it. But you can see in her face, and it's, you know, all credit in the world to the actress, um, a German Brie Larson. uh, But you can see in her face that she's kind of having some some personal revelations about herself. Where she's like, oh my god, I do kind of feel this way. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And then the actual use of the masks as well when... Oh yeah. When she has to put them on for the first time and she they, there's this blue one that she puts on and yeah, overcome with can't, sadness and tears and stuff. Yeah. And she can't find any emotion with it though. Like other people were able to and she she couldn't in that first one that she puts on. And then they're like, "You know what? Maybe this isn't the right one." They give her that yellow one that mm-hmm. has like that aged look to it. And she puts it on. She looks at her class. And then all of a sudden she looks left and something flashes in front of her and she sees this figure and she has a visceral reaction. She has a straight up, like, full-on emotional, almost like breakdown thing where she lifts her arm in fear 
and then pulls the mask away, and everyone's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, they didn't like full body to sobbing, too. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it was cool, because then you're like, oh, shit, all right, well, what's going on with this whole mask thing? Which, really, they never talk about the masks afterwards, but masks is more of the metaphor for everything that they're putting up on themselves anyway. Right. Um, because it, that's all it is, is putting on a mask when you're when you're going out there and performing, and that's... She, she eventually is accepted into the Gadula method. Um, and we start to learn what that is. And she's already kind of found out what it is. She's done research and found this, like, little documentary film. Yeah, she found the old video. And I, yeah. I don't know how she found that video and was still like, you know what? I'm staying at this school. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that video well, she never, was She never terrifying. finished it, though, was oh, the dumb part. She, yeah. she got to a certain part and her boyfriend came over and then she never finished it. So, we also had the, the reporter go over and talk to someone who had been one of Gadula's students and left. And he said, yeah, it's the, you know, if I didn't leave, I, I don't think I would have survived it. And then he even says that there's only one thing that it leads to. And we don't even find this out till later. But during the interview, he's like, death. Death yep. is what happens to any one of his students. And that's the completion of the method. Because, yeah, we do, it, we do finish the video later in the film. Yeah, but it takes so long. Like, she's heard all this stuff about how terrible it is and how people have gone crazy from it. And she, you, you watch the video of how people are acting while they're doing this method. I don't, I would not want to be a part of that, but she is willing to do anything for the price of fame. You know, she's, at yeah, least it seems that point. way at times. Yeah. You know, she's, she wants to be famous. Even when she was just barely influenced by the method, when her boyfriend comes at one point after she's gone through part of the method and put on one hell of a performance. Um, that even that other girl who doesn't like her and isn't a very good actress is completely just blown away by how this girl went from being shit to awesome. Yeah, and it's the um, same scene from the beginning of the movie that she does uh -huh. well now, and it's uh, that was a great way of showing... Uh, I guess, like you said, I, di I didn't consider it in the in the whole like I I watched that video and I was like, okay, run like is what I would do. Yeah. Uh, but she being willing to do anything for the uh, for fame and seeing how quickly uh, her skills have have grown and manifested between the intro of the movie where she's just butchering this scene uh, with an invisible axe again and yeah. then uh, really knocking it out of the park. And I think the mask that, that she looked through, and that was such a great shot when she's looking out at the crowd through the mask, um, I believe that is, you know, an, an ancient, like, Greek tragedy mm -hmm. mask yes. um, from Oedipus or, or Antigone or, what, you know, one of those. But yeah. it absolutely is evocative of that at the very least. And um, just to touch on that mask scene again real quickly, mm -hmm. uh, I love that when she walks onto the stage or into the, you know, into the classroom um, in that scene, there's a guy who has just taken off the mask that they've given him to wear. And he's kind yeah. of quizzically looking at it yep. like after because he, while he had it on, he was laughing and blah, blah, blah. And then he takes it off and immediately stops laughing. And he looks at it like it made him do that. You know uh -huh. what I mean? I noticed that, and I thought that was a great moment where it's like they it's almost like they're testing all their students and we're just watching her story. Exactly. Because you know, Cecile was part of it too. Um, Everyone there is going through this preliminary kind yeah. of screening before being accepted into the method. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, th I think part of the reason they pick her is because she started so bad. And, well, and also she yeah. has no one else in her life. Remember, they want to make sure you don't really have anyone. Yeah. And that you already had a really rough beginning of your life. Because she talks about how her mom used to make her dance and stuff. And at first you're like, oh, that's okay. But we find out that there's more sinister overtones to that or undertones. Like, as we're moving through, we're like, oh, shit. She had she blocked out a lot of stuff. Um, and a lot of abuse. Basically, like, her mom just beat the shit out of her all the time uh, when she was a kid. So... That's the trauma she's holding as this character, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And uh, the only and it, person it, in her life is her boyfriend, really. Right now, yeah. yeah. And then when we're going through, um, so I think the reason that she chose to go with the method is remember she gets kicked out of school for fighting with Valerie. Right. Like they get into a fight, and they're like, "We're not going to have this. You're done." And they're like, "Well, just because you're expelled from the class doesn't mean." 
that you can't still learn. So they've already they backed her into a corner, really. Mm-hmm. They're pretty much like, you know you're not a good actress, you're done, but you can do this method. And I think that's why she chooses to do it, because she's kind of... She felt even like she, she had lost the everything, thing kind to of. Do, yeah. Right now... She's like, well, Cecile's alive, and she's performing really well. Okay, well, I mean, everything seems fine with her, I guess, so why not? And I I think that's part of the method itself, is to take all this away from you and then offer you a glimmer of hope. It's almost like uh, the opposite of a sensory deprivation tank. It's like a sensory overload. And, uh, and, and, and it's, as you said earlier, it's almost every emotion. It's not that they're constantly scaring you or screaming at you. It's, it's, they want you to be sad. They want you to be happy. They want you to feel acceptance. They want you to feel lost. They Mm -hmm. want you, you know, they are literally hitting every emotion on the human spectrum and stuff. Yeah. And that's, and that's really part of it. It's to create emotions, to push it to that next level. It's actually... It's you know what it is. It's like a voluntary version of Martyrs. You know, it's like the movie Martyrs, but voluntary. No, like it's not because getting... I like this movie. No. <laughs> yeah, well, no, no, no. no I, well, that's true. Okay. I'm not and a I, fan I'm, of Martyrs. I'm with you on that. But I mean, it's kind of like you're being subjected to torture to get you to this different state, right? It's right. To get you into something else, and in Martyrs, it's to get you to that so much pain that you hit a different dimensional plane of it. You find out the true meaning of stuff. To describe the afterlife, kind of. Yeah, to Uh, look through the gates of heaven and stuff. You're on the precipice of that between life and death, yeah. And then in, in a film like this, it's to hit you to that heightened state of emotion, but you're like, why? Why are they doing this? What is it that they're doing? Why do you need all of that emotion? Right, and we find out later. We find out. Good God, do we find out. Um... Basically, like, at the end of the day, we find out that Gadul is alive. And he looks like um, German Ed Asner because everyone in this movie has to look like someone else. Like somebody else. Uh, and he, he has survived. He didn't kill himself. And, and uh, so uh, the, the we, we forgot to talk about he had that one, uh, like, prize student that we saw in the documentary. Yeah, uh, and she talks about how she would do anything. First, she seems normal, right? She seems... Like, um, she's very Dr. Quinn medicine woman. She looks like Dr. <laughs> Quinn. She kind of so does. We're gonna, so, so Dr. Quinn is, uh, she's talking about in this video how she would do anything for him. But as we see more of the video and we see more of her talking about him, she gets crazy eyes. She gets crazy eyes for like definitely more than a couple of moments. Yeah. It's almost like, oh, like watching, um, some of the Manson family members talk about, you know, Charles mm-hmm. Manson, and they get that faraway, dead-eyed look, and they're just like, oh, he's amazing, I would do anything. And uh, then I believe we're told that, that she died or disappeared as well. Um, yeah, I think we're told, like, you know, with everybody, they all died or they were all, you know, whatever happened to them. And we, we're we introduced to the guy who brought her there and gave her the stuff who said she was a German ma- male Tilda Swinton, and then um, the woman who was like the, the house mother over there, basically the, the teacher, she's one of the instructors, mm-hmm. um, the main instructor, she is in on it as well. And she's been, you know, drugging uh, Stella and putting all this stuff in her food to get her ready for things. And they've actually told her what they've been doing to her, too. Um, yeah, but and Stella I think that's part a- of saying, like, oh, we've taken this control away from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, and again, Stella doesn't to- care as oh, much no, as ahead. she should. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, and that's the weird part about it is, like, I think with some of what they've been doing to her, too, they get her to go along with a lot of stuff. Um, and then, basically, what you know, by the time we end up at the at the end of it, she has gotten all these weird clues, basically, on how to escape, you know? Like, everything's been super conveniently laid out. Like, she finds her cell phone, she finds, uh, like, how to, or she listens and hears that, like, death is what happens to the students, you know? Um, yeah, she finally finishes the documentary, yeah. And she find well, no, someone plays it to her. Like she hears it through a vent, right? And then I, I think is, like, isn't it played on like the dead reporter's cell phone held up to the vent too? Uh huh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what we find out is that it's not just from the recorder; it's being held up to the vent. 
So basically what we find out when she finally sees Gadula is that they planned this for her the entire time. Everything that we've seen her go through, every little bit has been orchestrated from the beginning. Every yes. time Cecile has disappeared, Cecile's locket is there at one point by this door that was previously locked and then isn't locked anymore. They even say, like, how could a door that was previously locked that you told her not to go into convenient be, conveniently be unlocked right at the moment you need to go in there? Yeah. And this is, I think that was after she uh, she kissed Cecile. Like, yeah. She, uh, they, they definitely have a, a moment, you know, um, she, uh, but that, that again is part of the method is getting her, uh, cause again, she, she only has the boyfriend in her life really currently and, mm-hmm. and then being at the school has separated her from him and yeah. then they, they almost craft this character out of Cecile specifically to make Stella yeah. not only feel comfortable and feel like she has a friend while the other students yeah. are tormenting her and stuff, they want they they want to replace the love in her life and and make her fall in yes. love with Cecile. Absolutely. And that's and that that leads to all of the emotions of the love, the anger and the hate and resentment to her boyfriend um and to, you know, uh like Valerie and a couple other people. And then dealing with her own emotions of her mom. Because basically what happens is they they pit uh, Stella and Cecile against each other by making them have delusions that one is, uh, like, Cecile is fighting back against her abusive sister who beat the shit out of her as a kid and broke her nose a bunch of times, which is why she says her nose looks like that of a clown. That's a really... That's a messed up scene, man. That is. That's like some really dark stuff because the actress has has more of a prominent nose and you see it and you're like, oh, and then they just point it out to you. Right. Talking about how the character was broken. Then she's like making fun of herself. And I'm like, man. You got to wonder if the casting sheet was like, we need somebody with a prominent proboscis. You know what I mean? Or, yeah, I mean, basically I, I like a unique look. You know what I mean? And it's like... But then she has to insult her own. Yeah, to me, it was a. It's a. I like. I like the fact that they went there in the film. But at the same time, it's like, damn, dude. Right. This I poor actress ba- reading this actress, scene. Like, yeah. Outside, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, it's the method, then, Rob. You, know, she, you gotta. You gotta commit to it. And then you know, in the dream, we see her with the clown makeup on at one point, which is that's a creepy little dream sequence that she has. That's one of the creepiest um, clowns I've seen. Like it's it's yeah. Um, it's, it's very like haphazardly put clown. on. Yes, it's like Emmett Kelly yeah. sad clown mixed with Gacy. Honestly, it's yeah, it's yeah. really weird and unsettling. Um, now, which is kind of like a theme. we, yeah, they fight each other, um, and you know, at the end of it, it's pretty much Stella is the successful one out of it. And they take Cecile, they tie her up, and uh, Gdula has been drinking the blood of these people. Yep, that's what the marks are from. They they hang them, yeah. and uh, they hang them up and, and kind of uh, put this Make suction thing. Yeah, exactly. And they do a suction tube to pull the blood from them, usually not to kill them, but in this case, I think he pretty much fully drains her, because uh, she's barely got anything left in her. Um when she talks to Stella in her final moments. Yeah. And, and says, the like, actress, I think her her look worked really well for that cuz she she kind of looks like a girl from like a sleepy German village. She's got that strong yeah. jaw and and uh yeah. and you know, it's you could totally see this lady feeding some sheep and and yeah. so on, yeah. you know. And so but yeah, like you said when they're talking, she is at death's door there. Um yeah. Nothing really it's, left it's in the a, tank. Yeah, and then it's, you know, she... Gadula, as he leaves, drops, like, a letter opener on the ground. Like a weapon, basically, for her. Yeah, and it's all you it's know, almost it's like all a video up. game. Like, it how, really is. How you were saying, like, it's convenient where the cell phone is and so on and so forth. It's I feel like if there was a game made of this, it's, you know, okay, you found a letter opener. Great, now I can attack something. You know what I mean? And But the funny part is, it all ties together on why it's there. It's not all arbitrary. Oh, yeah. Because like, man, this is... Like, why would he just drop this thing for her? Totally purposeful. And then you're like, oh, yeah, because he's been leading her this entire time mm-hmm. to become full of emotion. Once she has full emotion and can let go of anything that would hold her back, like any morals or boundaries, then, you know, he explains that this is where it gets weird. He's like, 
what was it? Was it the Soviets or something? We're talking because or he was talking about like the Russians were trying to perfect um, blood, uh, basically taking blood and then they would inject it into people and it would cause them to be younger, or stay younger, for longer. live longer. Really, yeah, live longer essentially. And then and he's the like, more the more emotion i guess the person is feeling the the better the blood works yeah it's like a pure truer blood like a stronger more resilient blood they're aging your body wine yeah and he basically is like i found a better way and that's what his method was his method was basically get you to the most heightened state of emotions to to be that to taste better and work better for his purpose yeah Exactly. It's all entirely selfish. Like I think that's a cool thing too, is that yeah. it's they've taken this selfless act of being a teacher and training people, and it's all entirely selfish. It is also this guy can go yeah. like Elizabeth Bathory on people, and exactly. Uh, and then his his student that we saw in the documentary, who's still alive as well, and she shows up. Looking like um, the witch from Troll Two, man, with like the the yes. white makeup and the sunken Dude, eyes. She looks just, and it's like that ghoul thing. Like basically, she's she awakens when someone needs to die, because that's what you see. She's in this chair until like she's activated, essentially. Because mm-hmm, because uh, sword German male Tilda Swinton is kind of uh, the main ninja slash killer. For, for most yeah. of the movie, as we find out, but when well, no, 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 not not male Tilda Swinton because it's not male Tilda Swinton was there and we thought he was. Oh, okay, because he, he had the mask and everything. Okay, gotcha. He had, but it was her was the one who was activated, who was the one killing everyone. Oh, so I thought she only was killing the people at the end of the movie. Okay, well, I totally misunderstood. I feel, I, that. I'm pretty sure that she. I thought she was doing it the whole time, and that just because of she was very, very resilient, and I feel like he was just there. Because you see him, and he's mainly using injections and needles and stuff like that. So I see him as more of the, the doctor of it. Yeah, and the, she's the doctor. She's almost the a golem. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And then she gets activated to. So that do makes the perfect murder. sense. Yeah, that went over my head on the first and all that too. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Well, I mean, he has the kind of the outfit too. You know, mm, that's um, true. That's true. And he's got the but mask. To see him that as the we killer, see. it's kind of like right. It would just kind of be like. Eh. That's the killer. You know, though, in my head, as soon as I saw him in that outfit and with the mask and everything, uh, I I totally pictured him like creeping through German Alice and Pill's house and stabbing everybody and stabbing the boyfriend. See, here's in the why neck it was. But it's, no, it makes see, way more sense for the for because the because remember, um, yeah. she has the ability to influence and activate the method because of her eyes. Remember, she gives the crazy eye look multiple times, and when she gives the crazy eye look. That's when the girl, I'm pretty sure, stabbed herself in the neck. Yeah, exactly. So no, you're you're absolutely yeah. spot on there. I mean, it had and I and I love that. I love that explanation. And when you finally see, so, um, our main character Stella, like she gets the she gets this needle and stabs the uh, male Tilda Swinton in the neck multiple times, mm-hmm. uh, multiple times, and then bends the needle out, and he makes this awful Wilhelm scream. By the way, the sound design <laughs> at the end of this falls apart completely. Yes. Because it's Wilhelm scream after Wilhelm scream after Wilhelm scream. And they don't even match up with the Mm-mm. with the mouths of the characters. Like Gadulus does it at one point and uh Oh, and it's his that's mouth the most is shut loud one, yeah. His mouth is shut at one point and yeah. it's Yeah, you know, it's so ridiculous. And the rest of the no. movie is so good. I don't know whether the sound guy got sick that day. Like, what happened? <laughs> um, but they were just like, you know what, well, dude? We'll go on Wikipedia the, and we'll put the, this the in The soundtrack has an issue, too. Yeah, Because kind of in the same way that Reanimator theme is Psycho, the composer of this, which this is supposedly an original score, <laughs> as I'm listening to it, I'm like, dude, you just reworked the Suspiria theme by a goblin. You just reworked it. And then... As we're going through, and I'm listening to the music at the end when they're giving the reveal, I'm like, dude, this is the Saw theme. Yeah, they straight up stole like, the Saw theme. The da 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 da. It's yeah, a little mix of Requiem for a Dream, too, you know? Yeah, Chronos Quartet a little in there, too. So it was basically an amalgamation of a ton of different things, it seems like they put together music-wise to be like, hey, look what we're paying tribute uh-huh. to. And I'm like, yeah, to a point, but if you had done it, a little better. There's a difference between uh, tribute and plagiarism, and 
you know, I, f- yeah. I feel like they, they, this was obviously a labor of love for these people to make this movie. And, yeah. um, you know, I feel like their attentions were probably elsewhere and, and the composer showed up and he's, I've got all this original music I made. And they're like, man, that sounds good. Throw it in here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, because, yeah, yeah, yeah. because they're all the shots that are so meticulously set, all the lighting that is so perfect and things. I, I know that that's where a lot of the effort went in. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. And so I'm yeah. sure they listened to the soundtrack that, that the guy provided, and they were like, that sounds great. Yeah, let's do it. It's evocative yeah. of this and that. And it's like, well, it's it's a little more than evocative of it. It basically is yeah. that song. Um, now, uh, what I really liked about when we get towards the ending of this film um is they have this final confrontation. You know, she stabs uh, Gdula in the leg with this letter opener or whatever. He screams. He says, she's ready. Like, she's ready. Yeah. And then he yells out, I think, to Lenka. And then she comes out, and they kind of have this confrontation where you see that she's been the one the entire time, and there's this, this kind of standoff where it's like they're going to attack each other, and they go at each other. And that's really off cool screen. Way of yeah. It, it, it almost looks like a Scott Pilgrim uh, face-off at yes. first. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, But I love the look that Stella gives when... Uh, when oh, yeah. Because you, we've seen, as you said, the chick do the crazy eyes earlier and, mm-hmm. and uh, make people kill themselves and stuff. She gives Stella the look, and Stella is immediately just full of rage and ready to try and kill this woman. And yeah, and it's it's this cool moment, and then it just cuts to black, and then we see Stella on the stage celebrating and getting this great, you know, ovation for her performance. And I'm like, oh shit, well, she made it. She's the actress. She did it. Oh, and then she looks she? out, and I'm like, oh no, man, that's a seal in the audience. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's your mom in the audience. All these dead people. Oh, man. Yeah, you didn't. Oh, no. And that and camera shot is perfect, where yeah. it twists from that, and we see yeah. that she's upside down, like, laughing, and that blood yeah. is just pouring all over her and, and hitting her in the chin and splashing around and, as she she looks happier than she's looked in the whole rest of the film. Because in her head, yeah. she's up on that stage, and she's done it and everything. But, uh, but Gadula and Lenka are just, you know, uh, <laughs> going to town, uh, just gutting her basically and getting all that blood yeah. out of her because i th- yeah they're bleeding her out because it's they finally got the blood that they wanted yeah i was gonna I say mean? i like, think i think she was the the best one they've ever had basically as far as how yeah. how passionately she or passionately she felt the emotions and uh, and how how well the method worked on her really yeah and um i i i think that's honestly like why he dropped the letter opener and so on and so forth uh, is because I don't I don't think uh, uh, the, his other students in the past have gotten that far, shall we say? No, I no think, one had. She was the I think she was the only one who who hit the final step. Right. I think um, I think at some point uh, before then, you know, like we've seen the marks on people's backs and they've been slowly drained and stuff. I think at some point they kind of hit a wall. You know what I mean? As far as working with the method and not progressing like Stella did to that like anger and vengeance phase and stuff. Um, I think they got every other emotion out of these people and then when they couldn't push them past that, they were like, okay, let's kill them, let's drain them, whatever. Uh, But they saw something in Stella uh, and again, I think it was because she started so low uh, with acting ability and with desire and so on and so forth. Uh, I think that she had a much bigger spectrum to cross and and build through. You know what I mean? And absolutely. So I I think they they saw that in her and were willing to give her the chance. Because like you said, we you think for a minute that okay, she won. You know, um, when she's fighting Linka, yeah. and I I think that they even considered the possibility that she might kill the both of them, but yeah. they were so invested in having this perfect blood finally uh that that they were willing to take that risk i mean they've had enough time to plan this out for decades Mm -hmm. you know the perfect the perfect moment so i I mean at the end of the day like this film this film's awesome like this is uh this 
Yeah, this is one that I I highly recommend. Um, it is it is nice to see a tribute to Giallo films be better than a lot of Giallo films. Oh, it's it's better than most of them, I would say. And that's that's that blows my mind too. It's a German Giallo better than. Uh, yeah, the majority of most Giallo films. Right. I, I would, I mean, I'd put it right there with the, the tippy top of them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, uh, above a couple of those, just because I know part of Giallo is that it's not supposed to make a ton of sense uh, because that's part of keeping the audience guessing and on edge and stuff. But I loved that this did have a full story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that there was a reason for even anything that seemed nonsensical throughout the movie. Uh, The movie was interesting enough that you keep going and and watching and it all does make sense at the end of the day. Mm hmm. Yeah, it really. I mean, by the end of it, it does. Um, So, yeah, that's a solid recommend. And I think I mean, I think that pretty much covers it um, for masks. Yeah, no, masks was uh, was great and it's available on Amazon Prime. And uh, yeah. much like the next movie we'll be talking about, Braid. Yeah. So if you uh, if you want to put yourself, I, I do not recommend Braid as highly as I recommend Mast. Now, now here's the thing. We're yeah, we're going to be talking about Braid. That'll be our next one. Um, there, it's a movie that yeah, I, I don't like it as much as Masks, but it definitely has its moments. Oh yeah, I didn't hate it. Definitely, but it's it's definitely worth a watch. Let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. It's worth watching, but I I wouldn't. This Masks I I would say is a good movie. Braid yeah, I would is, say is worth is like, watching, but I will not yes. tell you that it's good. Yeah, I will say I will say mm, they did some interesting things with it. <laughs> That's and, one way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, it leaves a lot more questioning and guessing, but uh, we won't go on that too much. Yeah, so we we're just mentioning um, it so you can watch it yourself if you want and uh, and see exactly. if you agree with us when we're discussing it here next time. Yeah, uh, but yeah, so you can find us on you know ohthehorrorcast.com, anywhere you download your podcasts at ohthehorrorcast, Facebook, Instagram, all of that fun stuff. Um, but yeah, we will uh, we'll be back very shortly with another episode of Oh the Horror. Uh, until next time, I've been Rob Holmes. And I am German Tilda Swinton. No, I'm Mike Haston, and uh, I'm not great at a Wilhelm scream, so we're going to have to dub that in. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. There's no more room in hell. The dead will walk here.